0: Ah, the open road, the wind in your hair, and the world in your rearview mirror. And the best part, the free snacks. That's right, free snacks. Because right now, for a limited time, at Pilot Flying J, you can get a free snack when you fill up. Just download the My Rewards Plus app, join the free snack challenge, and after you fill, the snack is yours. Just our way to make your journey a little sweeter or saltier, depending on the snack. See PilotFlyingJ.com for terms and conditions.
1: On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, our hero Deku cannot catch a break, and neither can the waterworks. We're going to talk about that and much more right after these ads we have no control over.
0: Ah, the open road. The wind in your hair, and the world in your rearview mirror. And the best part, the free snacks. That's right, free snacks. Because right now, for a limited time, at Pilot Flying J, you can get a free snack when you fill up. Just download the My Rewards Plus app, join the free snack challenge, and after you fill... The snack is yours. Just our way to make your journey a little sweeter or saltier, depending on the snack. See PilotFlyingJ.com for terms and conditions.
2: Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhair Ali. I'm
2: Jay Scotty, but not too Scotty St. Clair.
3: <laughs> and I am Andrew Rogers.
1: <laughs> <I'm> Andrew. <laughs> Hi,
3: Andrew. Hi, <laughs> Andrew.
1: Welcome back to another episode. We have some exciting but not surprising news. My hero academia is officially renewed for season seven. How do we feel? Yeah
2: <laughs> yeah, not surprised, but still delighted.
1: yeah, it's been a fantastic I... show it's been a fantastic season. I just I need all actually no, I do need a break because my emotional health can't handle it anymore. but I'm excited for it to come in and Probably a year.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, as long as we're not waiting like Attack on Titan time, I'm, I'm happy to wait a little while in between seasons.
1: Yeah, right. All right. Uh, so that is it for our news today. We do have a lot to talk about in regards to this episode, but we have feedback from TJ Stafford.
2: Real quickly, Carter. before we get to feedback, if you didn't listen to our Bad uh-huh. Batch episode, we are teasing a change to animation deliberation in terms of our format. And basically that distilled is that you can expect to have more episodes more frequently in closer proximity to the release date of individual properties. And then we'll have like a weekly kind of like news and feedback episodes. So uh, send us your ideas, what you would like to see uh, as part of the show moving forward. You can do that at animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. And please do check out that episode of Bad Batch if you're watching Bad Batch.
1: This is why I need to write things down, because I literally had a brain fart. I was like, there's something else I need to say. There's a huge blank on here, and I just never felt it. That's okay. Said.
3: <laughs> here, let me but just anyway. type in zoo Hair do your thing, so that we know what to what to say next time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I do have a thing to do. All right, so feedback from TJ Stafford. Longer email this time, but you asked for it. Yes, we did. After the last two weeks, I have no more tears to cry. Cue the Ariana Grande song. <laughs> this show is just too much sometimes, but yet I can't stop. I was so conflicted this episode because I logically understand why the public was acting the way they were, but I was also still so angry of how they treated Deku. Fear really does bring out the worst in people. Side note, was anyone else creeped out by those shots the crowd shouting with the red eyes? that reminded me of Titans, and it was bone-chilling. Ochako's play was very moving, and Aizawa's look of pride for his students nearly broke me. Hopefully he returns to the fold soon, because I think he and Deku are overdue for a conversation as well. I'd like to think Deku wrote him a note too, but I kind of doubt it. Anyways, you asked for my top 5 moments of My Hero Academia to date. Narrowing it down to 5 was not easy, but if Toga held a knife to my throat, I'd say I'd have to say that they are. Number 5. Endeavor defeating the high-end Nomu from the end of Season 4. Number 4, All Might's final confrontation with All For One, subsequent retirement. Number 3, Midoriya versus Todoroki at the Sports Festival. Number 2, Midoriya, Todoroki and Ida versus the hero killer Stain, and number 1, Deku versus Class A for obvious reasons. That's all I have this week until next time true believers. Wait, wrong cast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice.
1: <laughs> The one he's referring to is the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, which you can also listen to on com. And if you didn't guess, it's for a lot of the MCU stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I think that's a fantastic list. And, um, you know, we kind of talked off air. We're going to make all of you wait for our lists until the end of the season here. Um, you know, and it Join will give, yeah, it will give all of you time. Please, like we said last week, write in your list of top five moments so we can go over all of them. But I wanted to point out, I think maybe like one of these was on my list of moments when I was kind of making it in my head the first time. And I think it's just mm. a testament to how many moments are amazing in this show. Like I'm sure we're going to have plenty of crossover by the end of it, but the fact that mm-hmm. he could remind me of things that I'm like, Oh shoot, should that be in the top five is impressive.
1: Yeah. It's two for me.
2: It's more than that for me, but that's all All I'll say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is your list verbatim.
3: (laughs) No, no, it's not that. Just sitting there like, TJ, come on, man, leave some for me. All
1: right, let's get through the synopsis so we can talk about another just emotional heavy episode. All
2: right, sounds good. We are discussing My Hero Academia Season 6, Episode 24, titled A Young Woman's Declaration. And the synopsis reads as... Prior to rescuing Izuku, Principal Nezu explains to Class 1A the intricacies designed into the UA barrier to keep it fortified from villains and to protect the the civilians inside. In the present, the civilians protest Izuku's entry, believing his presence will put everyone in the school in danger. Best Genus tries to explain everything to get them to understand, but his words only make the crowd even more anxious over the hero's failures, stressing Izuku out. Ochaku then grabs the megaphone and floats up to the top of UA giving a speech pleading to the civilians to let Izuku rest because heroes deserve to be saved too. As a result, the civilians start to see how battered and tired Izuku is, and by the end of her speech, Izuku breaks down on his knees in tears. He is comforted by Kota and the mutant woman he saved earlier. One of the civilians speaks out to the rest of the crowd,
3: admitting how much like bystanders they have been in their treatment towards the heroes and that they should be doing their part to help in some way. After Izuku declares he will bring the world back to the way it was, the civilians accept him as he is escorted inside. Meanwhile, Nezu speaks to a recovering Aizawa in the central hospital, revealing that they had transferred Kuragiri to the location after discovering of him being Shirakumu's nomu, attempting to reawaken him. Outside Yue, All Might leaves to find more civilians, thinking about his influence with Izuku's current state. All the while, Stain continues to follow him.
1: A part of me really wanted to check if this was the same voice actress for Uraraka, because not only does the character have an incredible amount of growth and development that really got a moment to shine at this time, the the delivery on her speech and her plea was just so epic. Like, the, the passion and emotion in her voice as she was speaking, like... I think I've watched this episode like two or three times now, and it brought me to tears every time. It's just incredibly done. I can't wait to hear the dub version of this too, because I feel like those voice actors do a fantastic job. There's, there's just there, there's we hear her inner dialogue building up to the season of like her questioning, like her feelings for Midoriya, but this really does seem like more of her just hero persona and her perspective of heroes and what she feels a hero is like this is truly just of like her begging the world to just think in a different way and trust in heroes more than it is specifically for Midoriya like obviously like taking care of a friend and whatnot is there and like the potential love interest is there but there's there's just the bigger picture of what she's fighting for and what she's being a hero for. And that it was just such an incredible performance.
2: Yeah. I think between last week and this week, uh, the waterworks have definitely been turned on and I don't think I was as close to welling up this episode as I was last week, but the emotional sure. residence was still definitely there. And, uh, you know, not to take away from the impact that this episode had, but really like, the message that went throughout like between Nezu instructing class one, a like all it takes is for one person to take that first step. And then you can kind of like see the ripple effect that that can have on, on people. It really, it made me think of Rocky four, Rocky speech in in Rocky four. If I can change, he can change. You can change. We everybody can change. And like I, again, I'm being kind of funny with it, but it, it's still like it's just a universal truth. And to have like a show like this that is about super heroics, it's it's what keeps us coming back. Is the fact that yes, these people have superpowers and they are the best of us and the worst of us. But at the end of the day, we can relate to them as fully humanized characters that that just want to save their friend their friend has done so much and been such a bleeding heart and such a martyr and to see him mistreated this way like again I did it last week and I'm doing it this week again I got the goosebumps going right now just thinking mm-hmm. about how she laid it all on the line and sh- and she put her heart out there and that's not her nature like she gets embarrassed so easily anytime anybody teases her about her her crush on Midoriya and to see her just really like I feel like this was her hero, her hero moment like this was her showing what it really means to be a hero. And it's not always about flying high, super heroics and punching up and beating up the bad guy. Sometimes it is being that beacon of hope to the people and inspiring change. And um, for that, it it really resonated with me. Oh yeah. I mean, you knew that she was going to do
3: something. I don't think I could have guessed that it would have been this amazing, this impactful, and this just true to form the way that she was like, You know, someone needs to support these heroes, and it has to be you, because without you, what are we doing all of this for? It was just absolutely earth-shattering and amazing across the board. And I mean, yeah, you say that it didn't, you know, necessarily make you well up as much. I was welling up throughout the entirety of that speech um, the minute I saw Deku's mom. The, mm. the the full tears came down. I recovered myself for like 30 seconds. And then Kato said he wanted red shoes and I lost it. Like that was the tipping point for me when he was looking up to his hero that much. And to remember, you know, the way that Deku has had an influence on all of these people and is basically becoming the next All Might, even before we kind of gave him the credit that he was doing that was just so perfect and so amazing. And then to, you know, slowly see the crowd unraveling and getting the moment where they were greeting all of the students and slowly like welcoming each of them in, there was kind of that montage where they were walking up to the the group. I mm-hmm. thought it was just, you know, an incredibly moving moment across the board. And yeah, I credit where credit is due to the writing to be able to bring out this emotional impact. And then I wanted to bring up Zuhair, you said, um, you know, check in on who this voice actress is she does an amazing job she is accredited for a ton of things it has been the same because not only is she uraka in my hero academia she's also uh nightfall in spy family oh great she's nero in black clover she is okay. um gabby braun in attack on titan
2: oh, just nice. to name a few. Ah. She's,
3: Yeah, she's also in so many other things that, like, I haven't seen, but um, Genshin Impact, Your Lion April, uh, Tokyo Ravens, she's just doing all sorts of things across the board, and she's phenomenal at what she does, and I think this is probably, unfortunately, the first time we've really gotten to see her shine this much, but when I reflect on how fun of a character she's been, she's done an incredible job, and I think getting to let her be front and center and protect her boy Deku was astounding and amazing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: well i thought you just say nero and black is like playing in my head now (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) yeah definitely not a complaint um i think you mentioned one of you guys definitely mentioned it last week about like how you want to see how his mom is interact is reacting to all this and i like that not only was she held back i think it was bakugo that also said like let them talk like this 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 is their time to talk now like we're just gonna sit back for this one Mm -hmm. right it may have been at the end of last episode but it was super important to just kind of see like like for the people to get the chance to express you see best Genius try to step in and it doesn't really help how he speaks louder than mike with a megaphone didn't quite understand but we did just You had that moment well, of like vocal
2: cords are technically threads, so he's able to. I just thought it was a testament to how he
3: is that commanding of a he, presence. He spoke
1: through everyone's clothes. <laughs> why do you think he has
3: that long a neck? Okay, <laughs> what do
1: you think? Just really projects. <laughs> well, yeah, do you it think it's a?
3: Himself. Do you think it's a long neck or a really big mouth? We don't know what's under there. <laughs> big no, mouth is a the different show, show that we're not covering. So. Didn't the show his
1: uh, mouth at the press conference?
3: No, he had the gigantic neck collar of that dress shirt that went, like, all the <laughs> way from his shoulders to his head. He's so fashionable. He's something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's something. Um, good lord, where was I going with that? Yeah, I thought it was, like, really important that they had their opportunity to, like, speak their minds and everything before Uraka stepped in. And she was, like, very defensive on everything. It's not like she had like one great point that got them to turn. It really did come down to begging and the people reacting the way that did to get, you know, I I wish I wrote down Nezu's line. I meant to do it. But then of course, naturally I started crying again, but it was about like how fear and ignorance is just, it, it taints somebody and it spreads and it turns into the group. It really does take someone to just take one step. And for, him to trust in the students to be able to do that and for him to know that's his students were capable of doing like he's a strategic master to actually call aizawa and be like look at your boys right here boys and girls right here it was just it was really really beautifully well done of just how capable and w- just, what does what this group is able to do it's really really cool
3: yeah i i loved the moment where we got to see nezu like kind of upset like oh man it's not quite working and then someone slowly moved from the crowd and to watch his face just light up in Mm. this ecstatic, oh my god it's working moment yeah just one step it was it was beautiful and then just proud aizawa being proud like i agree with tj i hope he got a letter because as much as he had his suspicions i don't think he ever really got it confirmed at any point that like he was the successor to to all might and one for all so i i do hope that there was at least a little acknowledgement toward aizawa but you know it's just you got to have a thing for those characters with eye patches because he's great Uzui's great it's just all the all the one-eyed daddy characters are just <laughs> that's
1: one way to put it oh it's yeah, my way it, to put it <laughs> if he got to talk to Gran Torino, i imagine there was an opportunity for him to unless he just didn't want aizawa to try to stop him but Well, I'm
3: sure he got an explanation at some point. I'm just curious. Did he get a letter? Did Mm -hmm. Deku actually talk to him directly or did someone say it and be like, hey, just so you know this, what's going on over here?
2: Yeah, Uh, I I agree with everything that was brought up, but I I have to kind of like focus on on the fact that we got confirmation about what his replacement for his leg looks like. And we had the conversation like, oh. Aerie could, you know, just totally do the reversal effect on him, and he could have his leg back, and that didn't happen, so it does have me kind of, like, wondering, like, where is Aerie at during all of this? Um, We saw her. Did we?
1: Yeah, there was, like, a quick frame of, like, her just in shock, like, watching.
2: Uh Oh, okay. Yeah, I think she's up in the school. Yeah. Okay, okay, because I was also wondering about uh, Lamillion because I don't think we've seen him since his skirmish with Shigaraki, where he got stabbed in the back i assume he's okay i think they would have let us know if that wasn't the case but just the fact that he has not been present since then but um you know i'm, I'm getting away from the, the real point of the episode but i did want to point out that um ochako's speech and the benefit that it had for izuku it not only benefited him i feel like it benefits all heroes and like the crowd had the acknowledgement of like yeah we've been really harsh on like all these heroes that did you know, they gave them the, of themselves for years and years and years. And then they finally gave up in the, in the wake of the, like this discrimination, um, thinking of, uh, what was it death arms? I think is the one that we talked about last week who we saw in the first episode. And then we yep. fa- saw him finally lay down his, his arms, no pun intended there and, uh, walk away they from really the are
1: dead arms now.
2: But, uh, yeah, oh. I, I, I do think of the fact that they had, uh, Endeavor Hawks and Todoroki like waiting outside during all of this. And I think her speech and changing the tempo of the crowd or the temperature of the crowd makes it a little easier for them to sneak in. And it does kind of feel like they're kind of sneaking in because let's not forget, like they are still under very harsh scrutiny for the revelations that Dobby gave about all of them um, earlier in the season. So, you know. As much as Ochako's plea was specific to Izuku, it benefits everyone. And yeah, in that sense, again, I just have to hammer home about I really do feel like this was her her hero moment.
1: Oh, yeah. Even the way Endeavor dropped his head when Todoroki says, like, we're doing this together.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we didn't try and cram in that thread, but I'm so surprised that we haven't. Seen anything of those two trying to track down Dobby or get any more information on like what he's doing? So I feel like that's going to be, you know, that's kind of our tease for what next season has in store is probably that part of the storyline that we know is going to be going on in the background.
1: Mm-hmm. I love whenever somebody says threads because I just think of course best genus knows how to manage threads
3: <laughs> I knew that was coming I said it I was like oh it's best genus he's right he's writing this story he's controlling all the threads he's the puppet master <laughs> <laughs> he
1: really sticks his neck out for everyone <laughs> ah, ah,
2: ah. <laughs> what do we think about uh, the way the episode ended with all might going out and staying hot on his trail
1: i'm very excited for that conversation
2: I, I i called all might an idiot
3: i was just like dude what are you doing you don't have powers anymore stay inside He's Like hurting i know but like somebody else cannot be out there with all the villains like i hope we get to see this scene where skinny the people all who White are broken, broken are the
1: ones who retired who do you want to be out there right now because the options
3: are very thin Mount Lady she's still kicking I'm just saying like I hope we get an awesome epic scene wherein we see skinny All Might fight Stain but it's the fact that we still know that All Might is supposed to die some gruesome death saving people according to his fate scares the daylights out of me
1: nah I don't think there's going to be a fight at all I think it's going to be all dialogue oh because if if you recall the the stain arc his whole thing was that no hero deserves to live you're all fakes you're all phonies except for all might he's the only one true hero here so it's gonna be like a major fanboy moment for him
2: I'm trying, it's been so long since he was like, you know, an integral part of the show. And I'm trying to think back on his fight with Midoriya. Did he ever give any inclinate stain? Did he ever give any inclination of what his estimation of Midoriya was? Because the conflict I could see coming is like, all might, you had this power and you gave it to a kid. Now you are no longer worthy. Like you have to pay for that.
1: No, because of um, Midoriya's stance, I guess. Like, the way that he spoke up, like, he got Stain's respect.
2: Okay. I was trying
3: to recall if that was the yeah. case or not. Okay. Also, does the public really... The public doesn't know that the power's been passed on, technically, yet at this
2: point. So I don't know if Stain that's would even know I'm, that. That's
1: what I'm curious about. Because they talk about One for All directly.
2: But, but Stain was there for when All for One made his speech to all the inmates that were bro- being broken out. So... Did he Even say it, it w- to the inmates? Uh, not that we saw on screen, but I'm, I'm still thinking that it might be knowledge that might be out there amongst the the villains, but maybe not.
1: I don't know. Yeah, just the cause... crowd's dialogue definitely made that a little bit confusing for me, too.
2: Well, there
3: I know there was the very specific line earlier in the season that was, why hasn't he come out and said, you know, oh, this person has the power, like, that's who I'm looking for. And they said, because... All for one doesn't want the public to know either because then they can help mm. him go to hiding and all those other things. So it mm. felt like something that he was keeping close to the vest. That's the that's the only reason that I'm questioning it is because they okay. went out of their way to say it's still not public knowledge, even though mm. all of 1A knows most of the upper heroes know. So that's yeah, that's the only interesting tidbit but maybe that's a revelation of like hey why don't you have your power anymore and he has to like confess and then that upsets stain in some Mm, capacity like you said he might be upset that he gave it to a child but like Mm -hmm. he has to confess that sin first yeah
2: yeah Hmm. well i don't want to like not do this episode justice but uh i don't know if i have too much more to say about it do you guys have anything that's coming to mind I personally think we did it
3: justice. Honestly, okay. I, I had so many things that I wanted to say that we did such a great job of succinctly getting out there that I'm like, yeah, no, this is, this was awesome,
2: but this is it. Shorthand. His, his quirk is being succinct in his dialogue. That's not my quirk. Nope. <laughs> I Drew. was saying.
3: <laughs> my quirk is called long wind. <laughs> Doesn't know how to shut up.
1: You always get, like, these perfect points of, like, oh, he's done talking just to build up to something else. It's like, oh, he's nowhere near done.
3: <laughs> yep. I do it. It's amazing. I hope you all love it, listeners. That's how I weaseled my way on here was just not letting them talk and then being like, wow,
2: Andrew did a good job. <laughs> uh, all right.
1: Yeah, I think well, that's it for me.
2: What do we want to let the listeners know about this week?
1: So for me, as the usual, 323 with Reed Murphy. There's a lot of sports talk and a lot of me laughing hysterically. Anywhere you find your podcast, and then another show on the Stranded Panda Network known as Bingers Assemble, rewatching movies so that you don't have to. We did the first three chapters of John Wick because chapter four comes out this weekend, which we'll be recording shortly after. So check those out if you haven't gotten tired of me
3: yet. And if you haven't gotten tired of me either, uh, yeah. you can jump over. To, well, I'm sure you have. But, <laughs> uh, you know, like I joked about before, this is one of the few times you get to hear me say the words I was wrong live on air. If you want to check out the Source Pages podcast, we uh, compared the comics to the movie *Force Shazam Fury of the Gods. And I held back nothing that I was not excited for that movie. And I had a great time. So if you want to hear more of my thoughts, definitely go check that out. We had a great conversation rounding out what that film was and what the DCU could be.
1: Well, standards for the win.
3: Yes, you know it definitely
2: uh, do be like that. Jay Scotty, what do you, <laughs> what do you have well, going on? I'm going to say with confidence that you are not tired of hearing these dulcet tones. So, <laughs> if you want to hear it elsewhere, I don't have a specific show to tell you to check out this week. But uh, be aware that Stranded Panda is developing a new show that I'm heavily involved with, and we should have some announcements and news about that sooner rather than later. So keep an ear and an eye out for that and thank you for tuning in that's t-o-o-n-i-n and as always stay wound and uh follow us on social media muscle muscle
1: thank you for listening to the animation deliberation podcast a proud member of the strand dependent network if you would like to contact us you can email animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at animation one for this and other great shows, you can visit panda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebookcom groups svchat Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed
0: You could put your money into one of those online-only banks. But what happens when you need help? Is that chatbot really going to step up? There's a better option. Delta Community Credit Union. Right now, you can get a one-year CD at 4% APY or a two-year CD at 4.1% APY. And unlike the online-only banks, you also get helpful, real people ready to assist you in branch or on the phone. Visit deltacommunitycu.com to learn more. Insured by the NCUA. Minimum balance of $1,000 to earn annual percentage field.